you can be honest here in the house of God. It's all right. God's going to give us strength, amen, through this evening. Amen. I feel you. I've been up since 5 o'clock this morning, worked a full day, ran home, got ready. But it's all worth it. I love being in the house of God. I love being in the presence of God. Amen. I'm excited about what God is doing. Amen. Uh, very thankful for this opportunity. I love this church family. Love my bishop. I give give you honor, Bishop, tonight. And my pastor, who's not here tonight, I give him high honor tonight. You know, I, I remember remember first coming to Bethel Apostolic Academy as a as a junior. I, I wish I had that picture. I wish I could put it up there. But it was me, my brothers, and my sister. We came and I probably had on pants that were probably three times my size. Had a rayon shirt. And um, it was because Bishop had allowed us to come to Bethel Apostolic Academy. And, and uh, I believe it was that year through invitation that I came to, uh, I went to 36 to know at that time and was baptized in Jesus' name and received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Unfortunately, I didn't stay in the church, but there was something that was planted and changed in my life that drew me back to this place. And here I am, 27 years, amen, standing, living for God, grateful, grateful for men of God in my life. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts, chapter number 3. We'll read verses 1 through 10. Acts, chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. It says, Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple which is called beautiful to ask alms of them that entered into the temple who seen Peter and John about to go into the temple asked an alms and Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said look on us and he gave heed unto them expecting to receive something of them then Peter said silver and gold have I none but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth rise up and walk and he took him by the right hand and lifted him up and immediately I like that word immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength and he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple walking and leaping and praising God and all the people saw him walking and praising God and they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the, at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. If you lay your Bibles down, let's ask the Lord to help us tonight. Lord, we pray, God, that your word would go forth. And that it would, Lord, cause, Father God, a change in our hearts and our minds. Let your word not return void unto you, God, but let it go forth. Let there be a response tonight to your word, Jesus. Do a work tonight in Jesus' name. 
Amen. You may be seated. The title of my message tonight is Life Beyond the Gate. We read about a man who was born without the ability to walk. As you can imagine, this type of disability created dependency on others. He did not possess the ability to walk to work, but the scripture tells us that this lame man was carried daily to the gate called Beautiful. I don't know that it was beautiful to him, but that's what the name of this gate was called. He was carried there every day. It was located on the east side of the temple where he would beg for change as a way to financially support himself. As people would pass by, they would throw in some pocket change. On a good day, on a good day, someone may drop in a 5 or $10 bill. That was a good day. Depending on the season, he would be forced to endure the direct sunlight beating down on him on a hot summer day. In the wintertime, we've all seen those that aren't as privileged, that are out in the cold. He would have to endure those temperatures as well. This man's Life went on like this, the scripture lets us know, for nearly 40 years. Obviously, growing up as a child, he wasn't always at this gate for 40 years, but the Bible lets us know that he was around 40 years of age. But he, he, he learned to live a life of a beggar. He was limited to the opportunities of life. And on this day, it was business as usual. He was carried to the gate. He got situated for the, another day of begging for a handout. Except this day wouldn't just be a normal day. He would come in contact with two men. The Bible lets us know that they were broke. Anybody ever in here ever been broke? Peter and John, they, didn't have, they apparently didn't have a penny in their pocket because when they looked at him they said silver and gold have I none so they didn't have any money with them this day this man didn't know that this day that he woke up and was carried to the gate that some things were about to change in his life he didn't know that he would come in contact with men that would be full of the Holy Ghost and that would have a message of hope because every day that he was carried to that gate and had to, to look at those that would pass by to enter into the temple, he was there in, in a location where he didn't have the ability, as I mentioned, to be able to get up and walk with them, but he had to sit there. I don't know if there's anybody here tonight that you feel like you're in a location, a spiritual location, that you feel like you just can't move any further. 
I've come to encourage you tonight in the house of God that you don't have to remain there. There is a message of hope. Amen. Through the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost, your situation can change. Oh. Give me a witness in the house of God tonight. I know I'm preaching to people that didn't always live in the address that you have. You didn't always drive the car that you drive. You didn't always have that, you know, those digits in that bank account like it is today. It wasn't always this good. There was a time in your life when you didn't think that things would get any better for you. You didn't think your situation would change. Well, there was a day. <laughs> Praise God. There came a day. Hey, man, there came a day. Hallelujah. When a message of hope was given to you. Praise God. So these men, full of the Holy Ghost and broke. You know, you can do a lot without money. You don't need money to testify. You don't need money to tell somebody how good God has been to you. Hey, if, if you had one meal today and you got a car in your driveway and you're going to go home and put your head on a pillow, you are blessed. I don't need to be rich to tell somebody about Jesus. I want God to bless me, yes. And God has blessed me. You're looking at somebody who, I was a high school dropout. I, I, and I, I don't boast in myself. I'm to everything that, that, that I have, all of the blessings that I have came from God. And I recognize that. But I do know this, that there were people that I went to school with. I've got cousins that went on to college and spent a whole lot of money and got degrees. And I, I could just say that I'm blessed. I can say that I'm blessed because of God. God has been good to me. God has been good to me. If God's ever done something good for you, would you just lift up your hands right now and magnify him? Thank you, Jesus. I asked Bishop the other night, I said, has is, is God ever done anything good to you and sent you a bill? If God's ever healed you or touched you and sent you a bill, I don't think so. Because the kind of God that we serve, he's a good God. He's a good God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Peter looked at this man with John. And he said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. And then he uses the name that was above every name. I love the name of Jesus. Amen. Things happen when you use the name. He said, he told this man to rise up. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. He reached down. This, this man, this beggar, he looked up expecting to receive something. 
If you've come to the house of God tonight needing something, I pray you came with an expectation that Jesus can meet your need tonight. If you came with an expectation, all you've got to do is call upon the name of Jesus. I guarantee you something will happen. When you use the name of Jesus, hallelujah, chains break. When you use the name of Jesus, mountains move. When you use the name of Jesus, eyes are open. Deaf ears are unstopped. Hallelujah. There's a whole lot of people today in our world that are just like this man. Stuck in a condition. Stuck in a situation. Looking for somebody. Looking for hope somewhere in this world. Because their situation speaks to them every day just like this man's situation spoke to him. You'll never go beyond the gate. You're never going to go beyond this point. The only thing you have to look forward to in life is for somebody to carry you. They're going to carry you every day here. And one day they're going to carry you to a grave. There are people tonight that are looking for hope. They're looking for hope. You know, Peter and John had the Holy Ghost, and Jesus told them, he said, when you receive the Holy Ghost, it's for a reason, it's for a purpose. You're going to receive power to become a witness. What a shame it would have been for Peter and John that day to just walk past this man. What a shame it would have been knowing that they had something to offer and to not share it with this man. But they had, they were full of the Holy Ghost. They were on fire. Things were happening. They looked at that man. Hey man, they didn't just pass him by, but they went to him with a message. Hallelujah. I don't want to pass by those that are hurting today. I don't want to pass by those that are in need today. Knowing that I have, amen, a saving message. Knowing that I have, amen, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Spoke to a young man the other day as I drove through the car wash. I just felt impressed. And occasionally when I'm talking to young people, I'll ask them this question. I'll ask them, hey, you know, I'm just curious about your generation do you still believe in Jesus? Do you still believe in God? And typically the response that I get back is no. This young man was 19, maybe 20 years old. And I asked him this question. Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe in God? He said, you know, he goes, I, I, I don't. I said, did your parents raise you to believe in God? Did they take you to church? He said, well, yeah, my parents raised me to believe in God. He said, but th th there were some questions that they just couldn't answer. There were some things that they got defensive about when I asked them. And so I just don't know. I just don't know if there is a God. 
We pass these people daily. We pass them daily. Oh. You know, it was the last outreach that, that, that I recall. We were, out, we were on outreach, and Brother Josiah and I, we, we, we talked to a man. His name was Bernard. And we began to invite this man to the house of God. And when we told them where the church was located, you remember this, brother? He, he said, oh, that's, yeah, that's that nice, beautiful building with the beautiful gate. He said, I thought that only the elite can go there. That's what he thought. People need to know that there's a better life beyond the gate. They need to know. They need to know. I know that when I came to this church as a young man, coming to this church, and when you look around, you see people in suits and ties and, and everybody's dressed up. And when you come from a world like my world, you, you can't relate. It's hard to relate. You look at everybody and you think everybody's doctors and lawyers and you think that everybody's just proper and, and, and everybody's just on the straight and narrow. But I learned. I learned. You guys weren't always saints. <laughs> I learned. I learned that, that, that you all had some testimonies. But everybody that comes and visits, they don't understand that their first time. I, I, I remember, I remember some, some guys that I was picking up, and Brother, brother CJ and Brother Jeremy, you guys remember this. Uh, there was, a, young, there was a, a man by the name of Hector and Eric. These guys were some characters. And uh, I remember bringing them and we pray with them. And, and Hector, he actually was baptized in Jesus' name. And I'll never forget in the back in the in um, the restroom that's now in the cafe, I'll never forget after he was baptized, hearing him rejoice and weep and being so thankful. But Eric, I remember Eric, well, and, and Hector actually stole my car one night. <laughs> we were having church. Man, the Holy Ghost was moving. And I left my keys on the front pew. And, and, and after church, I started looking around. Where's Hector at? I don't see Hector. My Bible's right here. Where are my keys at? I couldn't find my keys. I said, Man, this is strange. I could have swore I put my keys right there. Walked out to the parking lot. My car was gone. <laughs> Thank God for some friends. I, 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 was, I, was, I was about to go old school. I was about to... Man, I was going to pistol whip this guy. But, you know, thank God I, I found my car. But I remember Eric. I remember, I remember him. I remember we went into the restroom, the men's restroom. And, and these are guys, these are cats, like, they're from the hood. They're from the ghetto. Like, you walk into a beautiful church like that, and you're like, wow. Man, this is amazing. And when we went into the men's restroom, 
they, they, they just had to stop like, whoa, this is a restroom? Man. They walked up. They, 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 Eric asked me, he's like, hey, he's checking out all the stalls and he's looking at everything. And he's looking at, the, he's looking at one of the stalls and he's, he's standing there and he's scratching his head and he's going, how do you flush this thing? Like, oh, you, you know, when you stand up and walk away, it flushes itself. He's like, man, I like to do courtesy flushes. How do you, how do, you do that? Do I got to stand up and walk? And, and so <laughs> if you didn't get that, ask somebody. <laughs> but, you know, when you, when you, I'm telling, when, there is just such a better life living for Jesus. Yeah. Hallelujah. I'm so grateful for what God has done for me. Thankful for what God has done for me. Life beyond the gate, although it is better, much better. If there's anybody here that you just now making your journey, I've got to be honest with you that it's always not just a bed of roses. You're going to have some struggles. You're going to have some trials. There are going to be some tribulations. First Peter chapter 1, verses 3 through 7 said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in that last time, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness, through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith be much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. Hey, man, it doesn't matter if you've been in this thing a week or 20 years. You're going to go through some trials and some tribulations. But brother and sister, friend, hang on. Keep walking. Keep moving forward. It doesn't matter what the situation looks like today. Hey, man, there's a blessing waiting for you. There's a blessing waiting for you. Hey, man, if you feel like you're trapped in a condition, hey, man, I challenge you to press forward. Don't feel like you're stuck. Don't let the enemy lie to you and deceive you, shortchange you. You know, sometimes you just gotta get, you just gotta get some backbone and, and quit crying about your situation. I know that's hard, but sometimes we can stay stuck in a particular situation and keep crying about the same thing. 
But recognize this, that Jesus, he didn't just give you a rod like he gave Moses. But he gave you the Holy Ghost. He didn't just put something in your hand. He put something in you that is greater than this world has to offer. He gave us the Holy Ghost. Does anybody in here have the Holy Ghost? If you got the Holy Ghost, hey man, I would to God that you'd stand up on your feet and give God the glory and the praise and thank him for what he's done in your life. Thank him for the blessings that he's poured out upon you. God didn't leave you in your condition. He didn't leave you in your situation. He gave you something greater than this world has. The Holy Ghost. Mm. This world has to chase its high. This world has to, you, you, you ever see people out on the street trying to sell stolen stuff? Bishop, you had some of your stuff trying to be sold. Just so they could get a fix? What did you have to sell today to be touched by the Holy Ghost? You didn't have to break in somewhere and steal somebody's stuff and go try to hustle on a corner. All you had to do was lift up your hands. All you had to do was call upon the name of Jesus. All you had to do is just have a conversation with God. And if you stirred up the Holy Ghost, amen, you will feel the hand of God upon your life. I'm so thankful for the Holy Ghost. So thankful for the Holy Ghost. I've been high on what this world has to offer. But I'll tell you what. It can't touch what the Holy Ghost does. It cannot touch what the Holy Ghost has to offer. I'm going to try to bypass some scriptures here and be quick. I see the time. It's, it's running. Time is running. Matthew chapter 25, verse 14. If you could put this up on the board. This is a parable that Jesus gave of the three men that he gave talents to. He gave to one five, to another two, and to another one. We, if, if you've ever read this, if you've ever read this parable, which I'm sure that most of you have, you've heard this read, you've heard this possibly preached from. But what I want to focus on tonight is the fact that there were two that went and did something with what God gave them, or what their Lord gave them, the talents. It's a parable about the kingdom of God. And, and so they, they, they went out and they did something. And, and they produced other talents. But the one that was given one. And, and when I read that, it, it, it makes me understand that we're not all going to be given the same gifts. We're not all going to be given the same type of 
financial blessings. I think it's important that you recognize that. Because you could get caught up like the man at the gate, stuck there, crying about your job and what it pays, looking at another brother that's possibly making more money driving a better car. Doesn't mean that there aren't opportunities. Doesn't mean you can't work hard and promote. But I'm just saying, don't, don't, don't try to measure yourself with somebody else. But the one that was given one talent, he didn't do anything with it. Verse 24, then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, this, and I want you to hear this. He said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown. And gathering where thou hast not strawed. And I was afraid. And when hid thy talent in the earth, lo, there thou hast, that is thine. And the response from his Lord was this. Thou wicked and slothful servant, thou knewest that I reap where I sow not. And gather where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. And what came to my mind, church, was 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6 through 9. I have planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. When I read that scripture, I thought, so the Lord is, he's looking to reap where he hasn't planted. Who's doing the planting? Who's doing the watering? That's us, church. That's us. One planteth, one watereth, but God gives the increase. If we're going to reach those that are outside the gate, we've got to get to watering. We've got to get to planting. Because when we do that, the principle, see, the principle never changes. You all don't know what a principle is. Like, I could, I could take an apple seed and plant it here in California, and if I water it, it what is it going to produce? Is it, gonna, it ain't going to produce oranges. It's going to produce an, it's an apple tree, right? It's going to produce apples. If I take that same seed and plant it in North Carolina, what's it going to produce? The principle doesn't change. When we water and when we plant and water, God is going to give the increase. It's going to happen. Musicians, you can come.
Man, I think about my city. I think about the communities that we have reached in this city. If, if you ever struggle or can't find anything to pray about, I'd like to ask you to pray for the young children that get picked up on Sunday morning. Pray for those that work in the T-Rocket ministry. Pray for our Sunday school teachers. If you've never been on outreach before, if you just went one time, If you've just been blessed all your life and, and, and maybe you haven't seen some of the things that others have seen, all you have to do is, you don't have to go very far from where we're standing tonight, where we're sitting tonight, to find those that are broken, those that are hurting, those that are confused. Young people, like I mentioned, that they don't even know if God even exists. Walked into some apartments. Babies running around with diapers that haven't been changed. Bottles with coagulated milk. walk in to those apartments there's a smell that is funkier than a dope fiend's socks and when it hits you it's enough to make you gag but these are individuals that are waiting for somebody pass by with a message of hope. A message of hope that says you don't have to stay in that condition. It doesn't always have to be this way. You don't have to follow your Father's footsteps. You don't have to follow your mother's footsteps. Because I know a God that can break the chains of bondage. I know a God that can break the curse of generations. His name is Jesus. I mean, if you'd stand with me tonight. Lift up your hands. Our prayer tonight needs to be a prayer of a burden. We need to ask God to burden us to be a witness 
testify a burden for our community, a hunger for the lost. Just one more thing before we move on. This church, Bishop, means so much to me. The people in this church. I, as a young man coming to the house of God, as God was had me upon the potter's wheel and molding me and shaping me, and he was... God was having to take a whole lot out. And it hurt. There were things that God was trying to remove out of my life that I didn't, I didn't want to let go. But I remember coming down to, to prayer meetings on a Monday night. And I remember... a sweet woman by the name of Sister Libby. I was just this young young Mexican in an almost all white church at that time. Confused. But there was this woman that broke <laughs> Broke all these barriers. When she would give me, embrace me, give me a hug, and pray with me. And I remember her, and she would tell me, Son, you just keep praying. You just keep praying. God's going God's gonna to save your family. You just keep being faithful. You just keep coming to the house of God. I was just learning what life was beyond the gate. And there were people that were helping guide me. She was one of them. You just don't know what you can be to those that are looking for a change and needing hope in their life. Can you commit tonight with me? As they sing, can you commit with me that you will be a vessel used of God to impact your world, your generation, this city. Will of God. 